Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, live in Technicolor, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. Hey, Kirk. I'm your other co-host, Cam. We are back on the stream Monday night, December 19th. Feels good. Kirk was on death's door last week. He was, he was, I don't even know. It was, it was, it was not good. Few people know what happened to me because I basically slept for four and a half days. It was, which is what you should do. Quite insane. I've never, I love sleeping. I love naps, but wow, that was just something so different for me. It was crazy. It was absolutely insane. Yeah. I think you had the flu, my friend. It had all Influenza. the all the earmarks, all the earmarks of the flu. So, um, I'm sorry about that. That's that sucks. Um, no, but no, glad no. you survived. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's good. It's good that you're taking ownership. How dare you get sick and uh, deprive our listeners of a review of another Pinocchio film? How how sickening. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to talk about another Pinocchio film. <laughs> and you know, I woke up just long enough to watch that movie. Oh, you did? I was, I felt like I was just, uh, it was one of my nightmares while I was dreaming <laughs> in my, in my slumber. Uh, well, well, that makes sense because, you know, it's Guillermo, it's Guillermo del Toro. So he has a bit of a, um, dream-esque uh, aesthetic that, that he yeah. brings along with him, if you want to call it that, maybe a, a nightmare-esque. Um, and I love um, the composer, Alexander Desplat, who who did the original music for that. He, I was just talking over the weekend about how he makes music sound so so dreamy, so dreamlike. Um, when, when that movie, The Shape of Water, Academy Award Best Picture winner, uh, came out, I listened to that score so much because it was just, it, it was, it entranced me. Um, but I, I liked the new Pinocchio. I have to say like, I, I hate it's well-documented on this podcast. I despise Pinocchio, the story, and I despise the fact that there have been 5 trillion adaptations, but they managed to hook line and sink me once again, because you and McGregor was uh, Jiminy or Sebastian J. Cricket, I think his name it was in this one. Yeah. And, you know, they had Christoph Waltz, and uh, Kate Blanchett plays a, a monkey, and, you know, I was just like, well, <laughs> I'm going to watch it. And uh, I actually enjoyed it because I felt like the, the layer of the um, sort of post-World War One into World War II era layering that into the story gave it some meaning, but you know, it's at the end of the day, it's Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio. So it's always Pinocchio. And I don't know, will we ever go five years without a Pinocchio movie? No chance. I I don't, (laughs) I don't see it in sight. And I really wish it's kind of like road construction. Like (laughs) Pinocchio is to film as road construction is to everywhere. Life. Yes. I agree. time. It will always come back. It will always come back around. I don't know. I don't know wh- why that is. I hate that that is the case. Um, and the next one that comes out, I will. I will rage about. But you know, this one I tolerated. I tolerated it. Yeah. But we're here, Kirk. We're back. We're gonna. We're gonna do some what's pop in action. We are uh, in in the week of of Christmas now. Um, Hanukkah's going on right now for all any any Jewish listeners out there. Happy Hanukkah to you guys. Um, Christmas is is uh, breathing down our necks, and that's a lot of pressure. You know, the big man coming to your house. You got to have it cleaned up. You got to have the cookies ready. The milk. Um, some people do carrots for the reindeer. Um, I do. I, I just leave the cookies. I'm like, if if Santa wants to share the cookies with the reindeer, by all means. I'm not. I'm not buying carrots. What about Cameron, you, Cameron? That's that's poison. To reindeer. I don't think that's true. They're magical beings. Of course, if they can eat that, they're not dogs. You know how in the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, uh, Santa falls off the roof and takes over. You have probably killed. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How old are your kids? 35 reindeer in the past. Oh no. By giving them the cookies and the carrots. So is it the same replacement cycle there? Uh, I mean, there's lots of reindeer at the North Pole, so I assume they have a 
a depth chart, you know, they just, yeah, kinda... they've got a farm, they've got a farm, <laughs> but I think if a dog discovers the reindeer, like if they fall off the roof from a, a terrible poisonous stomach ache, <laughs> like a dog or a cat then grows into the reindeer. They anamorph. <laughs> they anamorph. That's right. <laughs> they anamorph into a reindeer. And the next morning you're like, where's Blackie? And it's, it's just gone. It's now a reindeer for Santa. Wow. That sounds like a Guillermo del Toro Christmas movie right there. You heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of pressure, man. I we're you know you got to do all the wrapping, you got to do the you got to watch the movies, you got to watch the Christmas movies because if you're like me, you really have until New Year's. I don't I don't extend beyond that. Like once New Year's rolls by, I'm done watching Christmas movies. Like there's no yeah. there's no slow trickle. It's over. It's just a hard off. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot. Yeah, of pressure. Except for uh, you know Christmas in July. That's always acceptable. Christmas in July. Yeah. Which why is it July? Why isn't it? What? Why is it Christmas in July? Just because that sounds better than Christmas in June? Shouldn't it be Christmas in June? It should be Christmas in June, but it is always Christmas in July, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know why that's the case. Um, but. You know, here we are, and I and I, you know, I I'm sick this week. I've got a cold. Every every single person in my house has some sort of virus that's happening right now. I'm glad that it's happening prior to Christmas, hopefully, so we yes. can get it out of our system. But um, I was like lone survivor this weekend. My whole house was like leveled with fevers, and now I've got the virus, but I don't have a fever yet. So yeah, uh, we'll just see what happens. But whew, home stretch. So it's, it's a weird time. It is. Uh, for programming notes, we're going to do this episode, right? What's popping? We're going to talk about the news. Then we're going to have one more root movie review. And I think, Kirk, that's going to be it for 2022. That's going to be it. And that movie is Kirk's uh, lovely green screen. I mean, not green screen. No, no. Kirk is I'm actually coming, coming live from Pandora right now. I'm um, right up here with the Hallelujah uh, Mountains. I am ready to hop off on my Ikran. Yes. And... Uh, you know, shala halala with with the Ikran and, uh, <laughs> and become fly one away. And fly away. I'm I'm looking for about a a thirty to forty minute flight scene uh, following yeah. <laughs> my my leap. And I, maybe you can join me. Time moves slower episode. in Pandora. They just everything <laughs> everything <laughs> takes a long time there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so maybe this episode will take longer since Kirk's there. Maybe it has something to do with like relativity or something like that. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I know if there's one thing I've learned from the Avatar films so far, it's that it takes a long time for things to happen on that planet. So yeah. um, we will be reviewing Avatar The Way of Water uh, this week. Kirk and I are going to record that right after we get off of this What's Poppin' live stream. And you should tune in for that one. We, we are going to be talking, I mean, we're not going spoiler free. But because a lot of people saw this movie this weekend, we hope you are among them. And we saw it in IMAX 3D, so we'll be able to give full visual perspective as we saw it in the utmost format, you know, for yes. your, for, so you can get the full download. But we'll be doing that later this week. But before we get into all that, let's, let's, uh, let's do what's popping, Kirk. Let's talk about the news. Let's go. All right. First up, if you thought you we were done with this topic, sorry about you, because uh, with each passing week, the layers of this story continue to uh, multiply and expand and get weirder. It, it just it continues to get weirder. So, um, in a shocking or may, maybe not shocking turn of events, based on who you are, uh, last week or was it last week or maybe two weeks ago? It's been two weeks since we've done an episode, so I can't keep track. Henry Cavill announced via his Instagram that he would, in fact, not be returning as uh, the Man of Steel, uh, Clark Kent, Superman. He would not be returning. And this is, what, I don't know, two months after he had announced via Instagram that he would be returning as Superman following his... Uh, very popular Black Adam post-credits cameo. Um, so this sparked a whole slew of news. One of the stories that dropped 
via the holiday uh, real via the Hollywood Reporter. I'm in the Christmas spirit, so I'm saying yeah. holiday. But via the Hollywood Reporter, uh, reported that uh, Wonder Woman three is gone, Man of Steel two is gone, Henry Cavill's not coming back, Gal Gadot's not coming back. There will be no more Aquaman movies after uh, the the second one that comes out this year. Jason Momoa done as Aquaman. Um, basically for all intents and purposes, a hard reboot. Now, James Gunn did come out on Twitter and say, some of these things are true. Some of these things are not true. You know, we, me and Peter Safran being co-CEOs of of DC, we have a plan. We're going to share more in January, but yes, Henry Cavill is not returning as the man of steel. And we are starting our story um, one of the key pillars of our story is going to be a young Superman film. So, most people, Kirk, are assuming this means a hard reboot of the DC universe. Is that how you are interpreting this? Absolutely. Absolutely. The only thing I will not accept is Timothy Chalamet as Superman. Anything else is fair game. Well, didn't he say that um, Leo DiCaprio's advice to him was... No hard drugs and no superhero movies. So. That's true. So we're probably fine. <laughs> I think we're probably in the clear. Though <laughs> so I want to know what Leo DiCaprio's take is on Willy Wonka origin films. Mm. Um, that was not that was not on in the fine print. Apparently, it's not per se a cape, but it is a flowy jacket at times <laughs> and so. a large purple top hat. I mean, that's <sighs> I don't know. It's it's a fine line. But uh, so you're in favor. You're in favor of a hard reboot of the DC extended universe now to be called the DC universe. Yes. Big fan, big fan. Even though your beloved Henry Cavill is gone. I I am okay with it because I don't know. It just, um, maybe, maybe there's room for it later on. Like maybe we get, we get back to the beginning here and uh, get Superman figured out. (laughs) And, And in like the extended planets colliding, big, big merge up later, then you can bring Henry back like if he wants to, but there's there's not a real point to it now. And I'm willing to sacrifice Henry for the greater good of the DCU. Yeah, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, with that sentiment. In fact, like I wasn't overly married to Man of Steel. Like I liked the movie, but I wasn't like, I'm not one of these people who was like super Snyderverse, chomping at the bit for a Man of Steel 2. Like that, that's not my jam. But yeah. What, what gives me pause here, so we have multiple DCEU films releasing next year, including um, Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom, The Flash, which was supposed to be this sort of big multiversal uh, kickoff, you know, the, the Flash film, Blue, Blue Beetle, um, which... That thing has been so under the radar. I, I know nothing about that film. I thought it was going to be an HBO Max exclusive, but then James Gunn tweeted it as like only in theaters. I have no idea. And then Shazam, Fury of the Gods. So uh, we know that the Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot cameos that were filmed for The Flash were cut. Does that mean... What does that mean? Because... What is the point of cutting those cameos? Does that just mean that those cameos must have alluded to more down the line? Or, like, it makes me nervous that maybe The Flash will continue to live on in this post-DCEU uh, world. How are you interpreting that? Yeah, maybe they were going to say uh, definitely like a Superman Flash movie. Uh, maybe there were just more team up illusions and they just needed to nix all of those options. Uh, I mean, we never got to see Superman versus the Flash, the iconic race, never got to see it. So there's a good chance that that was in the works or a possibility to be a door to be left open. No idea what Flash and Gal Gadot are going to do, but uh, yeah, I think it's fine. I think cut everything. Cut. I mean, just don't even show the Flash. I mean, we've we've been calling for that for a while now. I, I don't see why they can't just nix this as well. I think that's a good point. It'll be it'll be fascinating to watch over the next twelve months. Like, is DC like how do they handle this next year of releases? So you've got you've got David Zasloff at at the helm at Warner. He's been slashing shows left, right, and center, slashing projects, taking 
uh, taking tax write-offs. He's taking shows that were canceled off of HBO so they can get tax write-offs for them and they won't have to pay royalties. Like, he is slashing budget like crazy. So that leads me to believe that The Flash and all these films that are basically baked, done, ready to go are hitting the theaters. Like, they're coming out. Um, <laughs> but what is the... What does the marketing strategy look like for that? It's like, come see The Flash, a film that ties into nothing and builds to nothing. Like, and the main I, character you hate. Will they the like? Actor. Will they do like reshoots for the end of Aquaman to make it tie a bow on whatever this whole mess is? I'm so I'm so confused. I don't know. Is there someone from the DC universe that can like break the fourth wall? Do we have any characters like that? No, not currently. Of course we don't. If they did, <laughs> they like, should if, make if one. they had like a Booster Gold movie, or uh, which <laughs> yes. I, I think was in the plans for a while. Like, if they're making a Blue Beetle movie, the thought was they would do a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie that could work. Um, but no, I mean, <laughs> if they, if they did like, no, I can't. I I don't know. I don't know who it would be. Or is there an interdimensional character who would just make sense where they could just like all of a sudden their screen like uh, just like grabs the whole page off of the <laughs> screen to a white pork. Like it's as if Porky Pig was like going to say that's all folks. Blee, blee, that's, blee, that's all folks. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's the best option. Dan, 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 they show the off. WB logo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's an option. No, I mean, there are DC characters, you know, like Spectre, like his power is basically everything. I mean, they... There, there are options, but it's it's pretty late in the game. I'm just, I'm so fascinated by this. I think it's going to be insane to watch. And then, and then, there's these other layers into this mess, Kirk. So you've got um, Dwayne Johnson, holy uh -huh. mother of God! What <laughs> this dude <laughs> is having a bad PR week. Okay, so it was reported that he refused a cameo in the Shazam movie because he was, you know. Par this is paraphrasing. They they had a quote in the thing uh, from a, a you know an unnamed source that was like, he's only here to play in the big leagues, meaning like with Superman or with his own solo film. So there's that, and then there's that report from the Holiday Reporter that basically Dwayne Johnson what like forced the Henry Cavill thing as former DC head Walter Hamada was kind of out the door as a kind of desperation attempt to grab some power at, at DC. They said that Henry Cavill was basically like a pawn in his plan to grab some power. So that to me sounds like a failed coup. Like he, he saw a power vacuum and was like, if I can get the fans to latch on to me because I, I successfully re-deliver Henry Cavill, then they'll have no choice but to fill the power vacuum with me um, because I was the one who brought the fans back to DC, which is insane and totally changes my opinion of Dwayne Johnson. If that's true, I don't know. How, what was your reaction to all that mess? Yeah. You know, the, the Leo meme where, you know, from once upon a time in Hollywood, we were snapping, he's pointing at the TV. All I can think about is Vin Diesel doing that in the same getup, uh, pointing at his phone, uh, ex totally exposing the garbage, <laughs> uh, tactics and manipulation that Dwayne, the rock Johnson Johnson does. Uh, it has to be true. It has to be like those things that aren't just fabricated. There's a lot of rumors in Hollywood, but when they're really specific, like army hammer cannibalism specific, it's like, <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yeah. It's like, who would, who would come up with that? Um, right. Yeah, that it's it's one of those stories you hear and you're like, yeah, that kind of it, it it kind of lines up because he was he was doing this big thing on the press tour. You remember he was like pretty robotic on his press tour for that movie. Yes. He kept saying the same things over and over again. Yes. And he kept referring to the fact that we at DC are uh you know, giving the fans what they want. We're in a new era where we're going to give the fans what they want. Um, and I always thought that was kind of odd. And now that you hear the sort of build onto that, which is that he was kind of grasping for power, it makes sense. It makes sense that that was the angle there. Um, yeah. So it's a mess, but I'm with you. I think, I think hard reboot is coming. I, I don't even know that, um, you know, there are rumors that, the characters associated with James Gunn's The Suicide Squad will persist. 
I think people are just saying that because it's a, a good guess, <laughs> right? Um, but I don't even know. I don't even know that that's true because I, I think I, I really do. The vibe that I'm getting from James Gunn and Peter Safran is they want to totally pull the plug on this thing and build it from the ground up. Um, it's they're in a tenuous position because people are grabbing at everything. They're trying to stop them before they can even get off the ground. They want them to fail. You know, there are certain people out there. There's the the Snyder cult who wants them to fail. There's, you know, any number of people who, who want this to, to crash and burn. Um, there was even, there was a guy, uh, a writer at DC who posted a picture of himself wearing a DC studios hoodie that had a logo that included like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, etc. It was like very reminiscent of that like old Justice League logo, and everybody was like, "OMG, DC Studios new logo leaked!" And look at Aquaman; it's not Jason Momoa. And it was just went crazy, and then then you know DC had to be like, "No, that's not our logo. Like, please just wait till January when we can release everything." And right. James Gunn has already had to do like five super long Twitter threads to be like, "Everybody, calm down. Here's what's happening. Like, it's just." I'm eager to hear what their plan is. I'm sure you are as well. Um, yeah. But until that time, we'll just, we'll have to wait and see. It's two weeks, guys. It's literally two I know, weeks. January's right there. And I think they're probably going to have some big, hopefully, like either a fan event or, or some way of revealing it that's similar to how, uh, you know, Marvel has done with rolling out their phases and everything. I think it would be good to have the, the clarity and to hear it from them. So... We'll see. We'll see. Lots of happening at DC Studios. Some good, some bad, some very, very strange. Before we move on, two yes. things. Just a reminder that we are from St. Louis, and so is James Gunn. I think James Gunn should listen to our podcast, promote us, um, have us on this big reveal. I think that'd <laughs> yeah. be pretty fun. That's a small number, ask, right? And number two, I think more importantly, you guys, like the frame of your glasses is almost identical. So I think that you guys can connect on that. And then that's and our, our hair. Leg in. I mean, look at it. He's got great hair. You've got great hair. It's a perfect match. I just have to dye mine white. Maybe people will think I am James Gunn. Ooh, I like this idea. It could work. I like this a lot. I can cosplay as James Gunn. Then he would have to come on our show. Um, <laughs> and we'll then you say, who's who? And then you switch places <laughs> Spider-Man with Spider-Man meme. Prince yeah. and the Popper, you take over <laughs> DC. <laughs> and he's trapped here in, in podcast purgatory for all for, for all of forever in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Moving along. Finally, maybe done talking about DC, at least for one more week. At least for one more week, right? Um, okay. For the remainder of the show, we are going to do trailer reactions. You probably gleaned that from the title of this episode. Um, we're going we're gonna to do three trailers. I only named two in the title yeah. because I forgot the other one. Um, so it's oh. a special surprise. But... The big thing that people are talking about in the film community next year is the weirdest duel in the history of weird duels, which is Barbie versus Oppenheimer, right? Um, are you team Barbie or are you team Oppenheimer is the question people are asking. And so, Kirk, here's what we're going to do. We're going to watch both trailers back to back without audio so YouTube doesn't pull us down, right? <laughs> but you and I have both seen these trailers. We're going to watch them. And then we're going to talk about, are we team Barbie or are we team Oppenheimer right now? As of right now, based on what we have seen. Okay. With no other information and with no That's other right. speculation, like strictly if this was the movie, if no, what? Three, right. Is that, is <laughs> no. that, were you not saying that? No, I was not saying oh. that. I'm saying oh, okay. you can speculate as to what the movie will be. Based on oh. the trailer. I think that's only natural. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> as if if you were to only... So, like, yeah, it. just pick the trailer is what you're saying? Like, which trailer, trailer is better? And if you're wrong, there's a consequence when we see the movie. <laughs> what? How can you... Be? It's subjective. <laughs> it's subjective. Okay. I just want wagers in my life, Cameron. Before I Kirk need something to live for. Makes this more convoluted and sad than it already is. Let's... <laughs> Let's start. What are we doing? Wait, before we start, before yes. we start, since we're here, I mean, should we like really amp up our trailer reactions? Because I feel like a lot of time I smile and I nod. Like old school YouTube trailer reactions? Is that still yeah. a thing? Do people still do that? Um, they definitely do it on the tickety talk. Yeah. I don't know if they do it anywhere else. 
Um, but like, g- give me an example of of a shocked moment if you were watching the. Oh my, that is that is yeah. the most beautiful shocked Thank face you. I've ever Thank seen. You. Give but, me an uh, give me an, an emotion, and I just want to give that to our viewers today too. There we go. <laughs> Um, oh, I had to give you an emotion. I thought you were saying to do an emotion. Uh, I, I needed a direction. All right, here yeah, we go. Love- I'm going to give you an emotion. It's going to be an abstract emotion. Oh, gosh. Um, contentment. Good. No notes. A plus. Very good, Kirk. All right, let's just watch these stupid trailers, okay? For- right. Wait, 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 oh. wait, wait. One more thing. I have a bone yeah. to pick. We went to see Avatar in IMAX. And I was told via the Twitters that there would be a trailer for Oppenheimer. This trailer was supposed to show. And we didn't get this trailer, did we, Kirk? We got the old one. We got the teaser. I was ticked off about that. That was stupid. Like, those those IMAX tickets were, were dang near $19 a piece. Yeah, I had and, to sell my dog. It yeah, was right? sad. It was absurd. It, around the holidays, I mean, this is, it's highway robbery. And we didn't even yeah. get to see the trailer we wanted to see. My my guess, and this is just a little teaser into our Avatar experience up till minute three, mind you, of the movie. They left the lights on the entire time. Oh my gosh. Even after it started playing. Amateur. And they, uh, I venture to say they put the wrong reel on. I think that was the old reel. They were supposed to unbox the new one that probably had the new Oppenheimer. Oh, the trailer reel? Trailer. Yeah could be because there was no barbie teaser either right and i think that we were supposed to see that as well yeah man you guys dropped the ball and i'm gonna i'm gonna go talk to them about it i think we should i want my 19 dollars back i gotta go i'll be right back i can't do the trailer (laughs) reactions all right i'm starting with oppenheimer we're starting with oppenheimer executive decision here we go okay oppenheimer trailer now you're probably thinking is this the teaser trailer again because they both start with the fire thing but no because now you get to see Killian Murphy's beautiful, glassy gray eyes. He has the exact same eyes as J. Robert Oppenheimer. I was on Wikipedia earlier, and I can see why he was selected here. Um, But, you know, there's a whole voiceover here about how scary the atom bomb is. They're showing him put it together. There's lots of Chris Nolan-esque imagery going on here for those listening in podcast form. This is really bad, bad radio. But tensions are high. They're, they're making an atom bomb. Killian Murphy has a great accent. He sounds great. He's, he's, he's totally in character here. He's lost like 75 pounds. He's when so he was skinny. already a rail. Right. Josh Peck is in this movie. Drake and Surprise. Josh. Um, Jack Quaid is in this. We don't see Robert Robert Downey Jr., no RDJ, no Matt Damon. There's so many people in this cast. They have like a, it's like a, it looks like a Lollapalooza poster. There's so many names on it. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and yet, in this trailer, we get Killian Murphy, Jack Quaid, and Josh Peck. And that's but mostly Killian. Mostly Killian. Mostly Killian Murphy, which is great. You can never have too much Killian Murphy, in my opinion. I think yeah. he's, I think he's great. Um, so... Exciting stuff. One thing is for certain. You will not be able to hear a single word of spoken dialogue in this film. <laughs> and I mean that. You, you, like, you need to go to the showing with the subtitles. Because I could promise you, knowing Chris Nolan films the way that I do, this thing is going to blast your eardrums out. Yeah. With every loud Hans Zimmer organ chord you've ever heard in your life. And Killian Murphy's going to be talking in his soft, silky tones, and you won't be able to hear a dang thing. Not one word. That's true. That's true. I <laughs> it's didn't true. understand Tenet. I mean, we saw Tenet in the theater, and then I oh immediately my gosh. went and watched it at home because it was released. And I was like, I got I to gotta know what they said to review this movie. <laughs> so Outrageous. Oh man. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I, I do appreciate that they do the the closed caption viewings uh, more yes. and more. I think that should be like even more regular. I agree. Um, because it's it's important. It really is important. And it's it's a great viewing uh, 
experience if you like to have the subtitles on. And if you're hard of hearing or deaf, it is it's a fantastic accessibility to see these movies on the big screen. Absolutely. Uh, without that, they've got those devices, but uh, you know you have to situate them just right. It, it, not every theater has them like they're supposed to. So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. There's a lot of fire in this movie also, Cam. I don't know if you saw how much fire. Lots of fire. I mean, if I was if I was a betting man, I, I mean, they, if they did this in 4D, they would just like light the room on fire. <laughs> a guy walks it. in halfway through with a flamethrower and just torches <laughs> torches everybody. Um, seriously, that's what it feels that's what it seems like. All right, let's do Barbie. Let's do Barbie. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> now <laughs> yeah actually we could probably play the audio for this one because it's just the it's the 2001 a space odyssey music but there is a helen mirren uh voiceover yeah they, they'd catch us so they'd they get us do. they'd nail us there but this is a you know this is a very different style of trailer this is one this first of all it's a true teaser they show what i assume is very little from the actual film here um, I don't know if the giant Margot Robbie Barbie will be in the movie. <laughs> like if this whole 2001, a space odyssey deal will occur in the film, but we get a few like quick flashes of like Barbie town and, and, and such after. Um, so it, it really is a true teaser in every sense of the word, but obviously Greta Gerwig and team were going for something eye-catching um it's reminiscent of like the 1984 mac commercial the very famous super bowl commercial yeah um but you know we see Issa Rae, simu liu uh various other uh barbies and kins and ryan gosling and, and margot robbie and that's basically where we're at so kirk i'll put you on the spot first Thank Based you. on what we've seen, are you Team Oppenheimer or Team Barbie at this moment? Team Barbie gets a lot of uh, street cred with the creative teaser. I do hope it is only a teaser. I really hope that's not in the movie, honestly. Um, but I, I have to lean towards the Oppenheimers. That is the movie that I am I'm thinking is going to be the winner here. Yeah, I am... So first of all, my my assumption is that the 2001 A Space Odyssey stuff will not be in the film. Um, but it is it is basically shot for shot. There's a lot of people who have done side-by-side -side videos on Twitter and YouTube showing, you know, how they recreated the shots and you know, instead of the monolith and the gorillas, it's the young girls and the dolls and Barbie. Um, it's all very creative, it's all very fun. <laughs> it is an interesting move to compare yourself by way of imitation to, I don't know, one of the most famous movies of all time, uh, one of, certainly one of the most ambitious films of all time, and perhaps one of the greatest films of all time in 2001, A Space Odyssey. I mean, that's a movie that is probably the, I honestly do think it's the most ambitious movie ever made. Like, Stanley Kubrick sat down and said, what if I made a movie about every single thing <laughs> that there ever yes. was and is <laughs> like it's, it's insane. It's insanely ambitious and, and it's a crazy movie. So I think that's a bold choice, but I'm leaning team Barbie. I just, all right. it's Greta and it's Noah Baumbach. I just feel like that writing team, I have no idea what they have cooked up here from a tone perspective. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It obviously looks very goofy, very absurd. Um, but I don't know thematically what they're going to go for. I think it'll be interesting because, you know, Mattel obviously had to sell the rights to get this movie made. They have to protect their brand. What, you know, what, what are they going for here? It's just, it's so intriguing. I can't get over the intrigue. I know, I know that Oppenheimer will be fantastic. I do because Chris Nolan does two things really, really, really well. Um, Mind-bending thriller slash uh, sci-fi action films and historical dramas. And it's a historical drama. He's got a great cast. He's got all the money in the world. And it's something that he's passionate about. I know it's going to be, be a banger. But Barbie just, it has my intrigue. I'm, I'm, I'm totally 
enthralled by it. So yeah, Oppenheimer could be could even become a, a classic in in film. Just like watch this movie if you want, if you want to go direct something, right? Yeah. Uh, but Barbie creatively could be something uh, so unique, like. You don't have Margot Robbie. You have you have Barbie like characters, Barbie like actresses in different decades, but do you don't have Margot Robbie and there's something very specific how she can be Barbie. Like you you heard the casting, you're like, Well, yeah, of had course be, they're casting. Had to be her. Margot. Um I do worry about her smile. Her smile is a little still Harley Quinn. I didn't I don't know how you manipulate your smile or the makeup to make it not as I don't know for Barbie her smile isn't as wide it's a little bit it's a little adjusted down it's a little more horizontal Um, but maybe that's because of her moving her face down is why it looked so wide uh you know it's just very specific no I agree with that ridiculous and and I feel like (laughs) other than the space odyssey scene it looks right like in the other like the scene that everybody has seen, you know, the pictures of them roller skating uh, with the with the pink, you know, neon outfits on. The picture of her in the Barbie convertible, you know, kind of like looking to the side and smiling. Like those pictures, it looks right. But I agree yeah. with you that it was a little bit like weird and and creepy and Harley Quinn esque in the in in this teaser. So right, right, and maybe that. I- I might've spoken too soon. I might've answered my own question as I was speaking it, you know, when you're smiling and then you move, you're going to get a different angle. It's going to cause an illusion. But if that's the only thing that's wrong is just this teaser, then I don't know. It's a tough competition. It's a really tough competition. I mean, I was wrong from the get go because I thought we were just going to rate just the trailer and that was going to determine <laughs> wrong. What was going to be the best wrong. Movie. And uh, now I now I got to come up with some ridiculous wager. I, yes. I mean, I'm game if you're down. So where we're at right now is July 21st, 2023. The movies drop. Thursday night premieres are here. You're buying tickets for Oppenheimer. I'm buying tickets for Barbie. That's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. Yes. We'll see. That's correct. We'll see. We got, we got a couple more trailers to go. We don't have a full trailer for Barbie yet, so we'll see. There, there will obviously be more promotional materials. We got, you know, seven months till these movies come out. So we will see, but it, I think both great first looks. I think I'm, I'm excited about both of them. Um, speaking of great first looks, we do have one more trailer to discuss. Ooh. And it's one that I didn't include in the title because I forgot about it. And how did I forget about it, Kirk? It's only one of my most anticipated movies ever. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I've been waiting we were supposed to get this movie in October of this year, and it got delayed, and we were we were crushed. We were hurt, deeply hurt. Um, but now we have a trailer. We have a release date, and that film is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And there it is. Here it is. Um, so one thing I want to point out, this is, this is me being weird, uh, getting paranoid, okay, because it's Sony, yeah. and I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Um, as a brand, I trust them as a film house. I I struggle to trust them at times, but it doesn't say part one anymore. Did you notice that? Mm. It just says across the spider verse. It said it right at the beginning with the like stupid trailer starts now thing that they do. I hate that. Um, but it doesn't say part one. Why does it not say part one? Do you think it's like the Dune effect, right? Like when you go to a movie, and it, it is part one. Like, traditionally, you don't say the first, right? Yeah, it's like the Queen of England. Avatar the first, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what they're going for. And then when you get the, to the title card, when it hits in the theater, it's going to say part one. Maybe even not even until the credits roll. That's even a possibility. That's yeah. my takeaway. I hope so. Well, I don't know why I hope so. I'm just, I'm just confused. Like, is this a part one or isn't it? Um... And, and, and what does that really mean in the context of this franchise? Because we don't know how many films there will be. So, it, you know, like, is this part one of two and two is the finale of this whole thing? Like, I hope not. Um, but any, anywho, that's just one thing right. that I've noticed. But really, in this trailer, <clears throat> I have to admit, my, my initial take is they didn't give us much. Like, there's some recycled footage at the beginning um, there's, you know, one scene of, of Miles and his mother 
discussing, you know, him and, and, you know, she's kind of expressing concern for him. And then there's a couple of like really quick, like blink and you miss it type giant spider battles in what appears yeah. to be like the sanctum of all Spider-Mans in, in the multiverse. Um, but that's really it. Like you get Gwen, Gwen saying like, you know, we're supposed to be the good guys and, and, uh, uh, you know, Spider-Man 20, 2099, he's played by Oscar Isaac is like, we, we are, you know, like we, we are the good guys or whatever. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's not a lot to go off of here. Did you have a different take? No, I, I thought the same thing. I watched it and it, it was as if you gave me the tra- the teaser that we got, you know, three, four months ago, whatever it might've been. It, it really was pretty identical. Uh, they just went with a couple of uh, spectacular <laughs> moments where, where you get all the Spider-Men to get people chatting and try to get those screenshots going on. Uh, you know, I'm still excited about it. Um, I'm sad for you about part, the part one being dropped. I hope you can make it through until <laughs> June of next year. <laughs> will my heart be able to take it, Kirk? Will will <laughs> will my anxiety crush me like like a pressure cooker? Um, I don't I'll know. Watch the movie first. I'll let you know. I'll, you know, and then I, then you, everything will be okay. I'll, I'll proof it for you. Yeah, I really need them to tell me. I thought about tweeting at Chris Lord or Phil Lord and Chris Miller and being like, "Yo, what? What?" The part one. Where's the part one? Is it is it is it a part one or is it not? I need to know. Um, this movie, I'm excited about all the Spider-Mans because I I like to be, um, I, I like to be overstimulated <laughs> with with film. I want all of the things. In fact, I found myself when I was watching the first film in theaters, I was yearning for more Spider-Mans and and women. Um, and things, pigs. Uh, I, I wanted yeah. more, more of them. I was like, ah, we only get you know whatever these these five, but it was the exact right thing to do. And the whole thing was so well balanced. And that movie is Chef's Kiss, beautiful, love it, great superhero film, one of the best ever. But I'll be interested to see you know now that they are scaling it up, and now that you've got you know hun- seemingly hundreds of of, of Spider Peoples out there um including the the playstation spider-man's uh both the new one and the one from the ps1 which i love uh it's all very exciting as as a spider fan but i'll be interested to see how how it scales obviously it looks like um you know spider-man 2099 and and uh issa spider woman and and uh spider punk and, and those guys will be sort of the new prominent people in this film but, you know, they're going to have a lot, you know, a lot more to balance with this one, for right. sure. Right. I'd like there to be some spider podcasters, and I'd like to elect ourselves as those spider men. Well, and, certainly, uh, uh, I would love to be a spider person. I don't think I have what it takes. I need, I need to find a radioactive spider first, yeah. or a radioactive pig. I laughed so hard, IRL, whenever I found out that um, Peter Porker, Spider-Ham, was a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig and not the other way around. It's just hilarious in so many ways. Um, but I digress. They're, they, the Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire thing is definitely happening in this film. Um, oh, yeah. Like that's, it was rumored in the first one they had, they had tried for it. Now that that movie is a smash hit, you know, culturally iconic film. I think that it's, it's gotta be happening in this one. Got to. Yeah. I think this is where we figure out how they're going to bring Tom Holland in and uh, pixelize him and then spit him back out. So that way we can get miles Morales back into the other part of the MCU. I think that's what's, this is the stepping stone. I guess, man, if they want Shameik Moore as the MCU miles, I say, take him, man. I, th- I think it would be great. I, 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 I have serious reservations about Sony's spider verse being able to pull that off based on the fact that, you know, they're making an El Muerto movie and now they're making a hypno hustler movie yeah. who are two of the most obscure Spider-Man villains. Like I didn't even know who El Muerto was whenever they said it and hypno hustler. I was like, who, what is happening here? And Donald Glover, like I'm so confused, but their live action stuff, you know, whether it be Venom or Morbius or God knows what else, it's been 
a mess. Morbius much more so than Venom for sure, but I'm not exactly eager to see them try to pull something off here. I, I would be much more happy with Kevin Feige ushering that era forward, which I guess is what you're suggesting anyway. Yeah, but it needs to go back to his court. And so you, let him you are officially there. endorsing Shamik Moore as MCU Miles Morales. Yes, I have no money to uh, back that endorsement. <laughs> That's okay. We don't but, need money. Uh, we just need your heart, Kirk. I got two thumbs. There you go. go. That, there it is. That's that's worth its weight in gold right there. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's across the Spider-Verse. And uh, that's really the end of, of what's popping for this week. So for, for those of you on the stream, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for spending part of your Monday night with us. We love you. Um, you chose us over Packers Rams, which, you know, was a great choice because both of those teams suck. And, and you can trust me on that because... I am a Packers fan currently, and I used to be a Rams fan. And so I, I'm probably the person you can trust the most when I say that those teams are, are garbage, <laughs> trash can teams right now. Um, so you made the right choice, but thank you guys for being here. If you're listening in podcast form, whenever you're listening to it, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, date of recording is 1219, Kirk. This weekend is Christmas weekend, which is a massive time for film. So let's talk about this, Kirk. Some new releases coming to the theaters this week. Babylon, uh, Damien Chazelle's Babylon. We've got Women Talking, which is, you know, Gold Derby has it currently in the Best Picture race right now on their their website. Great site, by the way, um, to check out if you haven't already, goldderby.com. We've got The Pale Blue Eye, which is a Christian Bale thriller. Um, That one is releasing on Netflix January 6th but you can see it in theaters this weekend. Oh. Living, which is the Bill Nighy movie that he's being considered a best actor candidate for. So that's all um, just in theaters this weekend. On streaming, we've got Disney's $100 million disaster, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) disaster, I should say. Um, (laughs) Strange world. Is that, is that unfair? Am I being unfair, Kirk? I think that's a, I think that's a mess. They've lost so much money on that. Kirk's dead. He's dying. I've lost my lung. Yes, that is absolutely (laughs) correct. Disaster. Um, and then not a disaster is, uh, glass onion, a knives out mystery, which, oh, by the way, is dropping on. Kirk. You can't bite into a glass onion, Kirk. That you'll break (laughs) your teeth. It will also taste terribly. <laughs> and you'll cut up your, what is this? Esophagus. Esophagus. You'll cut it up. It'll be bad news. Trachea. There was a guy on that on that show. Do you remember that show, Stan Lee's Superhumans? Yeah. There was, a, there was an Indian guy on that show who was like, I can eat anything. <laughs> I remember being like, what? This dude was eating light bulbs. He was like biting into glass containers. Yeah. It was absurd. Um, yeah, man, he's no longer living. Yeah, there's no, Clearly. there's no way. <laughs> uh, but that guy would bite into a glass onion for sure. But that movie releases on Netflix this Friday. As a reminder, we already reviewed it, and we were so nice, we did it spoiler-free. So go to YouTube.com, uh, search for Popcorn for Breakfast, find our channel, subscribe, watch the video, or go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, Download the episode and listen to it spoiler-free before you view the movie this weekend. While you eat your glass onion. While you gobble a glass onion up and then go to the hospital. And you can listen to the podcast on your way to the hospital. So, yes. there you go. Um, all right. But that's all we've Wait. got for you. What? What? Wait, what? What? There's what? one more. No, there's not. Oh, there is one more, Cam. What is it? You don't it's even Mat- know. Oh, I know it. It's Matilda the Musical <laughs> releasing on Netflix December 25th. No, it's not. Wait, yes, what? It yes. Wait, wait. Oh, that's I, not already out? I don't play with Matilda the Musical. I don't play with the Matilda character property at all. One wait, are you right? Favorites. Are you right? Oh, I am. Are you doubting me live I, right no, now? No, but here's the thing, Kirk. I've oh. seen so many. I've seen so many reviews of this already. Yeah. Yeah, those are the people who have the jailbroken Amazon Fire Stick. That's who those people are. And no. they somehow found it in the ether or in the dark web. Is that true? If I'm wrong and it's out there, I will I lose think, my mind. I think it's out there. Hold on, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't you dare tell me that I've been living and not staying up till the middle of the night to watch Matilda the Musical. Oh, no, you're right. It says coming Sunday, Christmas, <sighs> Christmas Day. 
Christmas. Okay, day. where where are these reviews coming from then, Kirk? From the maybe the UK. Maybe they released it. Oh, early the UK. Yeah, well, the reviews have not been good, Kirk. They well, have not been dare. good. Don't you? They dare. haven't. I'm just. I'm just telling you. I should be the one to to let you know that. It, I, I don't care how bad they are. I'm going to love <laughs> that movie. <laughs> well, we know what Kirk's doing on Christmas Day. Shut up, kids. We're not opening any presents until we watch Matilda the Musical. I'm I'm becoming the trench ball. I'm going to spin you around <laughs> this room from your pigtails. Yeah. Well. uh... Good on you. Best of luck with that. Uh, so Thank yeah, you. Matilda the Matilda the musical this Sunday. I couldn't you can let check you close that. the podcast without. I appreciate talking that. about her. I appreciate that. And yeah, uh, you know, if this is our second to last episode of the season uh, of the year, so if you don't tune into our Avatar review, which by the way you should, you should definitely tune into it. But if if you don't, if you don't, from both Kirk and myself, we are wishing you both, wishing you all a uh, very happy Christmas. As the Brits would say, happy, happy Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> um, a happy Hanukkah if you're celebrating now uh, to any Jewish listeners. And and a happy uh, couple days off if you don't celebrate any of that stuff. So either way, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, Merry Christmas. And we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as our incredible band who created the, our original music, Rhetoric. Catch those guys anywhere you listen or stream your music. And we will see you guys Later this week for our review of Avatar. Merry Christmas. Christmas.